You can drink. They haven't had. They've had Thompson in there for multiple weeks. What do you think? Fill it under here. You can't. There. You can drill that out as many times as you want. In that situation, with him under center, there's no way to get that perfect. I. I think it's poor coaching, but that's just my opinion because I think you should have accounted for a scenario like this. I think the Dolphins didn't think they had any shot. I don't. I wouldn't say that. I don't think the Dolphins expected themselves to be in that situation. Welcome back to another episode of From the Rafters Podcast. You're a host, Connor Mahoney, Jake Lane, and Ben Bailey. Episodes release every Wednesday at 11 Eastern Time and are available on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at From the Rafters. Another episode of the From the Rafters podcast is here after the first round of the playoffs in the wild card round. We are back in our usual space in the dorm room at the University of Indianapolis. Um, Jake's old dorm room. Yeah. All the normal things. Current dorm room. Yeah. Back to business. But an interesting week of NFL football. And um, that's the majority of what we're talking about today. So, um... First off, game by game, first game, Seahawks versus the 49ers. 49ers come off with that victory, 17-6 um, to 6 at halftime with the Seahawks with a surprising lead after there. But at that point, Brock Purdy said, I'm going to take this game over and finish with 332 yards, 18-30 from the field, three pa- passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. Um, I-, I went ahead and put a key to the game I thought was Debo coming back from injury, um, played really well. Uh, during the year, he didn't have a lot of production, but he had six receiving yards, six receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, I think the game went as expected. Maybe not that first half, but after that point, um, I think out of all the games, it kind of that was the one that one expected out of all of them. About when it, you think that was? I think that was expect. I think everybody expect expected that game to go yeah, that way. I mean, there was no shock there. Took Brock Purdy a little bit to get into it, and I think, I don't know, good game. Um, Seattle showed why they shouldn't have been in the playoffs in the first place, really. Um, Man, I think that would have been a good game if you put the Lions in. If the Lions somehow got in, I think it would have been a better game. But they're not in it, so got what you got. Um, what Who else played that night? Chargers and Jacksonville up 27-0. to I'm 27 to 7 going into halftime. But they were up 27. They were up 27 to 0 at one point. But at halftime, 27 to 7. So come out. What do, I mean, what do they go into the locker room? What are the charge? What do they go into the halftime? What does Brandon Staley and those coaches say to their players? I mean, what, like, what do you think that message is? It was, it was definitely one of those ones that was like, okay, guys, keep your foot on the gas. Let's get them. I don't think he said that. I really think that he just said, we're good where we are type of thing. And then that that led to the players being more stagnant on defense. And, like, yeah, like the Jaguars had long drives, but they were still giving up touchdowns and stuff like that. I think, like, the entire team were just like, oh, we've won the game in the first half. The game in four quarters. I have. It reminded me a lot of uh, when the Colts played the Chiefs in 2013. It really reminded me of when the Colts played the Vikings, and that's all since twenty two. That's all for our Christmas time. But I was talking about you know, 
wild card wild card situation fair enough i think um obviously we don't know what he said but i think if i was staley going to that locker room i would have said hey um kind of went through this is what the colts have done in the playoffs in the past coming back and beating the chiefs you saw the minnesota vikings come back from the largest deficit this year you saw 28 to 3 with the patriots coming back to beat the falcons the bills in the 90s came back from 31 like people teams can come back from bigger deficits than 27 to 7 so you gotta like you gotta keep going and that type of thing and i think they fancied themselves too much in that second half and it ultimately just blew up back in their face and um what shouldn't go unnoticed is uh Lawrence throwing those four interceptions. I know he came back and threw. Yeah, that's not. But yeah, don't forget, he did have. I mean, that's one of the worst starts in you can't, history. You can't have that same start going into next week. Like, but let's talk about how people are are trashing the Chargers. They blew a twenty-seven zero lead in the same way the Jaguars got down twenty-seven to zero. Like, it it wasn't that week. That happening isn't that wild because in the same amount of time it took them to get up twenty-seven to zero, they got, the, and I mean in the, the second half was, what um, simple math here. Third twenty-four to zero, they got beat. So I mean it was a it was really it was, uh, they scored three. In, I know the oh, Chargers was so uh, twenty-four to three in the second half. It's really a tale of two halves, but the whole comeback thing is not at that. They did it in the first half. Like, it's not that out of proportion that it could have happened. I mean, you know, a lot of these, like, just thinking about when it has happened, like, um, the Patriots-Falcons, it was 28-3 to late in the third. Like, this wasn't a wild comeback by any means. It was just they were up 27-0. to There was no reason for them to come back, but it wasn't like some wild. It was basically a 20-point comeback, if you really think about it. Yeah. Because they were down 20 at halftime. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get into later um, coaching situations because I think there's a lot of them that are going to be some questions going into um, the postseason, especially from some of these playoff teams that were just eliminated. And the next game we got was the first Sunday game, the Dolphins versus the Bills. That ended 31-34. to Buffalo coming away with a victory, I think a lot closer than anybody expected. Josh Allen. Uh, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, Bill's got to clean up the turnovers. Uh, Josh Allen has thrown too many interceptions this year, and I think too many people are looking past what he's done this year, and all they look at is how, oh, he's thrown this deep ball down the field for 60-plus yards to a wide-open receiver when the Dolphins during the game decided, yeah, we're going to play man coverage against wide receivers that are better than our quarters. That's, no, back to that. It's a, it's just it's a, it's a scheme there. They're sending the house, and I mean I get yeah, but you gotta you gotta you gotta know you gotta know what Josh Allen can do to you. But granted, one there was one that a receiver absolutely just dropped. But you're also relying on your that second note. You're also relying on your defense to create any pressure on that play and your defensive line. And in that scenario, there was none. Like they br- they bring the house, and then no one brings any pressure. The guy in man coverage is supposed to hold his guy for 10 yards and not have to worry about it. you know they should get to the quarterback before that happens so I think the fault there it goes on the defensive line um continue what you're saying though 
Um, no, just that, and then five seconds left on the play clock, not having your play in. Like, what are you doing, McDaniels? So stop hitting that beep. Dude, you guys just dog on the Vikings. You think it's first and ten. Vikings. The, the Dolphins. You think but it's, it's true to dog on them. How do you not have a... It's fourth and one. But if you think it's first and ten, if you think that it changed to first and ten, you put in a play for that, then your coach is in your head, no, it's fourth and one. You gotta do that. And you've got an undrafted rookie quarterback. There's yeah, and you should have known whenever you should have said, okay, guys, in practice, and all the time you do it in sports, you go over scenarios and games. It's fourth and one. Oh, who cares? Final play, like, every team, you have to have your go-to play. You, and they didn't have one. You can drill that out as much as you want. They also didn't have their starting quarterback. You got to think about that. You can drill. They haven't had, they've had Thompson in there for multiple weeks. What do you think? They still have them in the You can't, you can drill that out as many times as you want. In that situation, with him under center, there's no way to get that perfect. I I think it's poor coaching, but that's just my opinion because I think you should have accounted for a scenario like this. I think the Dolphins didn't think they had any shot. I don't. I wouldn't say that. I don't think the Dolphins expected themselves to be in that situation. To be fair, it wasn't the only time that they put in a play late. There's a lot of close calls, but I would. I'm not going on what uh, you said there, but. I think to even be in that game at the end is just talks about his coaching, right? I mean, you're I, you're playing the you're playing the team that is supposed to like beat Kansas City, who's the top team in the AFC. You don't have your starting quarterback. You're in Buffalo. You're in Buffalo, which who is highly motivated right now for some for Demar for some circumstances. Yes, and. Also, it has one of the craziest fan bases out there. It's like traveling to Philly. I, yeah, I give. And to even be in that game is insane. I mean, and it's not even like it was their second string. It was their third string. Yeah. My only, um, I'm not discrediting him for what he did throughout the whole game to get them in that situation. Don't get me wrong. Him getting there in that situation, no viewers didn't expect him to be, the Dolphins to be even at that point, I was just saying that it's the simple little things that is what uh, sometimes pushes the team over the edge, and they didn't get the simple little things down in that final drive. But do you think it was on McDaniel, or do you think it was on Tom? I mean, offensive coordinator, it could have it been any of the coaches, but that starts with the coaches. No, but how do you know it wasn't on Thompson? Maybe he couldn't, number one, maybe he couldn't hear the play. Number two, what if he didn't know the play? Because he is a third string, you gotta remember that he probably doesn't know the playbook front and back. If you're if you're a quarterback that's able to make it in the NFL to a third string, you should be able to know what you're gonna do in that final situation after knowing you are going to start this week and you've played multiple games before. I think as a professional, you should know what you're gonna do in that situation. I don't think as a third string, even if you are a professional, never being in that situation. Like I said, I, you can drill it out as much as you want. I don't think there's any way to prepare for that happening in the way that that happened. I I don't I don't I mean you see, I mean Kirk Cousins was in a similar situation and threw a three yard check down, like it's that's a very, that's a toss up there. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't like. But who do you blame for that situation? I don't think you put. I don't think you can blame anybody. I think they just ran out of time. I don't think there's much. The play didn't get in, but. I mean, you think it's first and ten, they get in your ear, it's fours and one, 
I mean, between that, that's already 10 seconds. Between the ball going down and getting to figuring out it's fourth, to think it's fourth down, that's 10 seconds. You're at 20 seconds. Now you have thrown in a first down or fourth down play, and you're going to first down. It's a lot of time, and then you take into account the quarterback that's out there and whatever defenses they're going to bring. You got the play that you're going to can it with. There's just so much that, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. You are you should have your plan. You got 40 seconds to get your plan. I mean, they'll ask the game to get themselves into the playoffs. They kicked a game-winning field goal after a game-winning drive. You should know what you're going He already knew. He knew in that game what to do. Why didn't he know in this game what to do? To be fair, and throughout, you know, playing, you definitely do have that one play where it's like, this is going to get us a yard, which I honestly thought, hurry up to the line. It's also a QB sneak because it isn't Thompson more of a running quarterback. Um, he can run a little bit. I just I think there's also a difference in being down points and being tied in a game in your scenarios as well. You know, I think they're so why are they shocked so much? Because weren't they at the forty yard line? I'm kinda shocked they didn't go for a long field goal. Oh, they were on the forty on the other side. I thought that me and me. Pretty sure they were. Oh yeah, that's all. Props to Miami for being in that position to be in that game still. Uh, upset, but many also don't think it's an upset, including myself. The Giants beating the Vikings 31-24. to um, Daniel Jones played a very efficient game, 24-35, 301 yards passing, 78 rushing yards, two touchdowns, uh, no turnovers. Um, I think the coaching has been fantastic for the Giants. There's no way you take a team with that talent on that team. I don't think – I think they have – Nothing to not try to discredit the Giants, but I don't think they have the most. They don't have the most talent out of anybody in the in the playoffs right now. They have they have a team that nobody expected to be at this. You know, and you have to give your credit to the coaching staff. I think because the weapons that Daniel Jones has right now and wide receivers is some of the worst in the NFL. Oh, okay. There's you a difference. There's a difference. Cannot deny. Yes, it. you can. You absolutely. You can, there's a difference in being the worst in the NFL. In terms of how about how about if we say one of the worst, one of probably bottom half. But in terms, they said one of the worst. Worst? Say no, no. Here's why: because there's a difference in being the worst, and there's a difference in your production. If you have no-name guys making production, they're not the worst receiving weapons group. When you look at the Bears, there were some names there. They were bad though. Like that was the worst weapon. Or, but what if Daniel Jones just made them better? Then that means they're not the worst, because they have gotten better. They could have been the worst at the beginning of the season, but now looking at them, they're playing well, and that means they're not the worst, right? Yeah, but you have to give credit to the quarter. I will. No, I agree. They will not, not, but I mean, they still are playing better. They're not. I, they've shown that they're not a bad group anymore, and there's never been a point of the season where they've been a bad group. Going into the season, they didn't look like they were going to be much, but now, here we are, and they played well. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you have, I think a lot, go- I, there's a lot that goes in. That's bottom 20. You I'll got, probably say bottom 20. What are the wor- worst 10? Bottom 20, bottom 10? Bottom 10 is what I mean. Okay. Bottom 10. I don't know, I just. Bottom 12, I guess. I think I think <laughs> I think the, I think Daniel Jones has done a great job with that team. Um, after all the hate he's gotten the last couple of years, um, I don't know how you don't resign him. 
you gotta it's it's kind of the same situation that the Lions are in with Jared Goff though. That is true, but they don't have a they don't have a pick. Like the Lions have a top ten pick. True. Yeah, they should resign him. I think he's earned that. Because at what point do you? I mean, also depends on. Speaking of the Lions, Dan Campbell, what he thinks about his quarterback. Lions, the Seahawks, the Giants, they're all in very similar situations. Washington, I mean, apparently they're going to ride with Sam Howell, but I don't know why. Played one game. Maybe they don't think they're, they got a quarterback they could get. Uh, one thing I don't think should go unnoticed is uh, the job the Giants did against Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, seven receptions for 47 yards. 6.7 yards per catch, and his season average is 14.1. Um, I mean, then we talked about, we talked about, but they did allow TJ Hawkinson to do some things, kind of. True. Yeah, but you have to take one and you have to do lesser of the two evils there yeah. in yeah. that situation. That's fair, but Kirk played pretty well, except for that final final play. I know, I mean, I don't know if he was a Kirk guy. He wasn't terrible. I'm not a Kirk guy, but he wasn't bad by his But, I but mean, once again, going well, back to that final play, how are you like every a court, Osborne comes open over the middle? It's just like that's a yeah. I I, I don't even think he had pressure. He, that that play showed what the Vikings were missing. Go like to make the push to be over the edge. It showed, you know, in having the oldest defense in the NFL, the worst defense statistically in the NFL, the Vikings are are on a. This is their peak. They have peaked, and it is a one-year peak. They are going to be on a downward slide for the next five years. Maybe not five, two at least. Having Justin Jefferson is going to be like DeAndre Hopkins on the Texans. His first one, he was very good. Because that defense is not, they have no, like next to nothing for cap space. No draft picks that are that great. Yeah, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Um, Another game on the list that I think was... Uh, close there than people expected, and I mean it was it was kind of a weird game. But Ravens versus the Bengals, the Bengals came away with this one. Um, I thought the Bengals when they went up ten nothing, I was like, okay, it's wraps. Like they're gonna they're gonna see this one out. And then Bengals, uh, not Bengals, the Ravens put some drives together, um, got some touchdowns. Uh, but even though that game was closer than expected, I still think the Ravens are a huge mess. Uh, I think it goes back to the Dolphins-Bills game. Uh, a lot of people don't understand when you play a team three times, they basically know your playbook. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting the Dolphins being that close, but I'm not shocked that it was a closer game. I thought it was going to be a lot bigger of a upset. I mean, not an upset, uh, of a win. But when you know a team and they're in your division and you play them that much, you, you know what's going to... Credit the Bengals, but I mean, the Ravens, they played a very good game. Their defense are good. That's what John Harbaugh made some calls on the way. Don't give to J.K. Dobbins at that point in the game. Uh, I think the Ravens and the Bears are very similar. I think the Ravens, like you said, are in Mets without their MVP quarterback. If you bring Lamar back and have Lamar, you win that game. You continue to play. You're a contender. For the championship at the end of the year, and by all means, you're probably one of the favorites because of what Lamar brings to the table. Now, going into next year, whatever they decide to do with him will determine what the Ravens are. But I think with Lamar, 
they are a contender. With I, would, more than- I would not be surprised if he leaves. I would I would argue right now, and this might surprise you, I think the Bears are in a better situation right now than what the Ravens are in. Right now, yeah, because they don't know what they're going to do with Lamar. But Lamar was Lamar. Lamar wasn't even at that game. Well, I know. I think I there's more there's more problems with Lamar right now than his injury, and I think his contract. No, there's some stuff going on beyond that. I think it's, it's not injury. Not. I think it's contract. That's well, there's definitely injury there too. It's around, but um, I think. I think right now, yes, the Ravens are in a worse, or the Bears are in a better situation than the Ravens because they know who their starting quarterback is sure. for the future is. But as soon as I mean, when if Baltimore works out with Lamar, then I think they'll be they'll all right. Just seems like there's some nastiness that needs to be cleaned up. I've seen a lot of teams that are unable to clean it up, but you also saw last offseason how Kyler Murray was and very upset, and, and the Cardinals clean fixed that. It seemed like. I think they, but they're also in the, the Cardinals are in a bad situation. Yeah. I think they've made better of the situation though by getting rid of Kingsbury. Oh yeah, the Kingsburys. Yeah. But anyways, I think the Ravens are figuring out their quarterback away from being in a good position or a very very bad position. I think that's another team that needs wideouts too. Yeah, they need some weapons. Yeah. Last game Monday night, um, Cowboys defeated the Buccaneers thirty-one to fourteen. Dak with a star-studded performance, four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Uh, no turnovers for Dak, which was a big thing for him, especially coming off of last games. The Cowboys looked great. Brady was mediocre with two touchdowns, one interception. Bad. He, he was a bad. <laughs> 60, 66 pass attempts for Brady, and he only completed about half of them. That was for well, their first draft. That first pick, the first pick Brady threw. That lost them the game. It was awful. That, that was that, awful. That lost them the game. Um, I I watched that and I immediately went, "Oh my god, that's bad." The Cowboys are just throwing up in the end zone when you're yeah. the five yards away. The Cowboys played lights out all night. I mean, even when oh they won in that game. Even when the Bucks scored, I mean they marched right back down the field and scored. The Cowboys scored again. Um, I don't know. I I. I know I'm going early right now, but I want to take the Cowboys over the 49ers next week. If they play, if if we see that team again, I I'm going to take the Cowboys because they played really good. Like defense played really well, and the offense played. Well. I think when you watch the game, there's sometimes where you watch a game and you could clearly tell that one team just wants it. Like it almost looked like the Buccaneers were like, "Oh, we got our, yeah. our championship a few years ago. It's okay. You know, we don't have to win." And then Todd Bowles is just a bad coach. We'll talk about coaches too later. And then boom, you know, Over. they punched him in the in the mouth like immediately. Hard punch, knockout punch in the mouth in the first quarter. So, um, ending all of the wild card games, who would you guys say uh was the best coach on the weekend? Dable. Dable's who I have as well. I don't think we can give it to anybody else. I don't see how you don't give Dable coach of the year, especially now. Isn't it supposed it's to just be regular season though? For yeah, well, well sometimes still give to sometimes they they look into. I think Dable will still get it. He's the front runner right now, anyways. Well, number one front runner, but then you take a team that's supposed to not make the playoffs to then make it to the divisional. You win a game. I don't think we can give this to one single person, really. The the Giants Vikings game was a one score game when they played early in the season, so it really wasn't that much different. Doug Peterson brought his team back. 
from down 27 to 0. But he also let us... Eh, Trevor Lawrence has a lot to blame for that, so go ahead. Okay, Mike McCarthy prepared a team to come beat Tom Brady in Tampa after they just got wiped by the Washington Commanders. That was a good coaching job. I can never say my... Oh, I'm a person. I don't like Mike McCarthy. Beat the Bears a bunch of that. He even has the job with the Cowboys. It's kind of shocking. Still? Back-to-back 12-win seasons? Yeah, but I, I've heard that him in that locker room is not good. Oh, no. Benjamin. I've heard that he doesn't have good relationship. Well, maybe he doesn't, but they're winning games. Yeah. And they're I didn't care this skill on the team, not because of the coaching. Really? Because we saw the defense is. We saw how Dak played last week. No, and you saw how bad they played. Well, so that tells us that might have to look. I mean, by coaching, I think Dan Quinn is more because their defense is crazy. Okay, I'll give some credit to Dan Quinn because their defense is very good. I think Mike McCarthy coached a very good. I'm not giving him credit for anything else. I think he coached a very good game this Thanks. past yesterday. Okay. So for the past week, those three are right. With each other for best coach. Well, I mean Kyle Shanahan, they're all right there. They all the winning coaches coached. I don't, I don't, I don't give it to Shanahan because you were expected to win that game by a lot, and Fair. they won it by a lot. Fair, that's true. But I would I would give worst coaches the wild card to a man by the name of Brandon Staley? Yeah, give it to Brandon Staley, or Sean McDermott. I mean, Buffalo didn't play that great. Buffalo definitely didn't play that good. Josh Allen didn't play that good. You know, I just, I could, I don't think Sean McDermott coached that great of a game. I think who the Bengals go to Buffalo, but our Bengals didn't play that well great of a game. I don't know who's going to win that one. Um, players, uh, Dak for sure. Dak. Uh, I think Daniel Jones deserves some credit. Second half, Trevor Lawrence. Um, worst <laughs> performance, first half, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, worst of us. Um, Second half. I mean, Purdy. Second half, Brock Purdy. Yeah, you can't. Um, Brock Purdy makes no sense, but credit to him what he's doing right now. It's really all I got. Players. All right. Um, Brady's future. I think he should retire. Got to retire, man. Got to retire. Got to retire. Yep. Ben's got Ben. I think he should. I think we should touch on this. I think he should retire. I don't think he will. Uh, I think he's doing the same thing that Bill Belichick's doing to his career. Ruining his legacy. I don't think it's going to ruin anything. I mean, it'll change how people are age are going to remember him, but, I mean, Brady lasted a long time. It'd be like if LeBron James started playing bad, and that's not going to change how people view LeBron. My thing is, is most quarterbacks, pretty much, I think pretty much every single quarterback, if they were playing at the age Brady's playing, they're like it's gonna be the exact same scenario. It's gonna go downhill. Yeah. If you're playing this long, credit to him for even playing this. Came out of retirement. I don't see why you give up after this year, the year that you had. I mean, maybe if you have back to back bad year luck. I think he comes back. I think for one more year, maybe. And if he has back to back bad years, I think he's done. I think he comes back as well. Okay. Uh, different team though. Not staying with the Bucks. Coaches. Uh, two of the coaches that I think. Uh. Bowles and Staley, um, those are two coaches completely on the hot seat, especially after their performances this week. Staley, if he was probably not on it anymore after they fired Lombardi, I think. If uh, the Buccaneers 
lose Alan Brady, I could see their entire team going away. Next year, Bulls will probably be gone. Yeah, should be. Um, should be gone. Brandon Stanley will probably. I don't think they'll get rid of him after this. Apparently, the players want him to stay. Yeah, is what I've heard. So, from my sources. Okay, but you have to think about game management here. You have a good team. You have to have a game manager in. But, I mean, you cannot have one timeout in the last five minutes of that game. Yeah, and especially in a playoff. The Chargers underperformed all year. The injuries and stuff, I mean. Uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break from the NFL before we get into the schedule of next week in the divisional round. Um, I would like to give uh, my college basketball upset. If Jake has one as well, do you have one, Jake? Okay. Oh, coming this week, I'm going with... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Jake's going to... Not Jake. Ben's gonna come up with one as well. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go with Michigan State over Rutgers. Michigan State's is at home, going against the ranked Rutgers. Um, Michigan State almost won against Purdue. Um, I mean, Michigan State. I'm never gonna count out a Tom Izzo team. Always as a, uh, whenever you think it's gonna be a down year for Michigan State, similar to like how Purdue manages, they end up finding a way to compete in the Big Ten tournament and the. Uh, Let's talk around this tournament. So I talked about Michigan State over. Let's talk. Let's talk. Can we talk first? Let me, let me hit. It's about MSU, though. Okay. Let's talk. Did you watch the Purdue MSU game? Yes. You did? Yes. You did. We all watched that game. They tried to give Michigan State, the Michigan State, Tom Izzo, Breslin Center treatment in the end of that game. Could we all agree on that? Guys. I mean, there was. They had extra time out with two seconds left. I don't know. I think Purdue overcame a lot. Oh, without a doubt. If you go on the road and win on Big Ten, that's huge. Against Tom Izzo, because Tom Izzo gets the calls. Like He's like Aaron Rodgers when it comes to the refs. I thought. Like, no, I always try to give uh, Izzo his credit, because at the beginning of the year, he doesn't put his team through pipsqueak teams. He goes out there and plays those top teams and, like... I don't know. I have a lot of respect for Tom Izzo and what he's done with that Michigan State program. Oh, I don't have a problem with his. Izzo. I don't like Mezzo. I think he's one of the best coaches. I don't like him. I think right now in the Big Ten, you say it's either Izzo or Painter as top coach. Oh, Big yeah. Ten. This year, I'd say it's Painter. Oh, without a doubt, it's Painter this year. But say I'd say all of Big Ten. It's right though. I don't even know who else competes in that. Izzo. People say Woodson because Woodson coached in the NBA. Woodson has gone through him while this. Not giving Woodson been at IU for two. No, but I'm saying people online. I'm saying say that. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Them <laughs> people were wild. Ben, what do you got? What's your upset? I got Mizzou over Alabama, number four going on the road. SEC. Missouri's played really well this year. Uh, you know, uh, they got a guy named Kobe Brown who. Uh, Guard at Mizzou played really well, looking really good. Uh, expect an upset or a close game. I don't think it's an, uh, gonna be one where uh, it's a blowout, but maybe wrong with it. But go with Mizzou, go Tigers. Um, before we get jump back into football, um, I think a big thing a lot of them, a lot of people have been trying to figure out is how do you stop Zach Eady? You don't. I think the only way you can stop him is foul trouble. Get him in foul trouble? Get Edie in foul trouble. Get Edie in foul trouble. You just have to go at him every single, like, it, until you get the fouls on the refs call him, though. It's really a ref thing, because a lot of refs don't call him, because it's, he's 
His size, man. His so difficult. One bad game was against Rutgers this year, and they lost. Well, and it's because they had a, it's because they had a good center. I I think one problem Purdue is you have to have a good center. Is last year they re- relied a lot on Ivy, and this year they've relied a lot on Edie. They've relied on him, but the thing we didn't see last year with Purdue when they relied on Jane Ivy, no one else was ever picking up the slack. They relied on Edie a lot yesterday. And Fletcher Lawyer balled out. Brandon Newman made some plays. Mason Gillis made some plays. That's where Brandon Smith made plays. That whole team is making plays. That's why. That's why I think Purdue has done so much better putting together a team compared to IU. IU went out, and got these big recruits. Whoop the freaking do! You have a center that can't shoot. You have a center at Purdue that can't shoot. What do you put around them? Shooters. Purdue has shooters on their team, and that's shown. To make them, I want to say, lawyer hit hit move. Lawyer is a shooter. Yeah, but I'd say I'd say IU has better shooters than Miller. Dude, <laughs> I mean, the watch them. I mean, they can only go inside. They can only go inside. I think, I think statistically, Purdue has had better shooters this year. But I think IU is built to shoot better. They're just not playing very good. Purdue IU should be coming up sh- soon, right? So the end of. In the February game, for that a while. So they have basically back-to-back games. They played twice. One yeah, those games are pretty close. It's in the middle of February. Let me, let me look. check that out. I got. It. IU's gonna get hot. I think. IU's making the tournament, in my opinion. Well, they made the tournament last tournament last year, and they're gone horrible. Yeah, but I'm, there's people out there that I feel like are gonna strike him. There's people that are counting. You be. Purdue, IU, February 4th in assembly, at assembly. Yeah. And then you got Purdue. Purdue's on a Saturday. Oh. And then you got IU at Purdue, February 25th. So it's pretty close. Um, I'm saying this also. My dad works there, but don't sleep on Xavier. Number eight in the country. They look good. Um, went to Xavier versus Creighton. Big East basketball is doing very well this year, so. Out the conference to look at. That's their sport. Big East only has. I mean, there's they don't they don't have football. Most of the Big East teams don't have football except for UConn. That's it. So there's a reason. I mean, Butler has a team, but they non scholarship. <laughs> but um, just just watch out. Watch out for Xavier. Watch out for them. Um, football. Let's get into it. Um, final week. Wait, I don't know. Do you guys keep up with much college football? A little bit. Not much in the off. Worth announcing. Taven Jackson, Trace Jackson Davis, his little brother, was in the quarterback room at Tennessee, who had a very good year. Tennessee did. He Quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks did. And got a stacked quarterback room there. We said you for the next couple of years. Taven Jackson, after or this past week, entered the transfer portal and on Saturday announced he or on Sunday announced he's committed to Indiana football. It's a new new time. Well, it's on Saturday he was at the game. On Saturday he was at the game, but Sunday he committed. Saturday, uh, the entire student section was chanting Taven Jackson, and his face, he started to blush, and it was pretty funny. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I might blush if the whole Big Ten stadium is chanting. Oh, and, and then you see Tom Allen right, like, right next to him, who's like, I didn't realize how short Tom Allen was. This is the goofiest man, but I think... He's a good recruiter, though. People do. I think Indiana can have a another mediocre season in football. It wouldn't surprise me. It's IU football. They'll make a bowl game, I feel like, with him. I hope so. That'd be cool. Because they've also got a lot of good transfers. Not a good recruiting class, but good transfers. 
Until IU ups their facilities, they're never going to be anything, ever. Purdue's going to be a Purdue's going to be a basketball and football school for years to come because of the money that has been pumped in there. IU needs money pumped in for them to make any moves. My thing is, is Purdue actually doesn't pump as much money into football as you guys as you think they. No, they're starting to. They're starting to. No, they, they haven't, but they haven't always been. They haven't. No. I mean, compared to a lot of other schools, a lot of people questioned the move um, with Purdue's head coach going to Louisville. Louisville pumps a lot more money into their program than Purdue does. Well, Brom is from the Illinois. Well, yes, but that's why. I mean, I mean, but a lot of people had said we're like, oh, Purdue's a bet. Like their um, uh, their football program has been really good the last couple of years. Well, obviously, coach has a large part to do with it. And then he's like, why is he going to Louisville when they only had they had a decent year this year, but of they pump a lot. Those ACC schools pump a lot of money into their athletic program. Yeah, but Louisville hasn't been really good since Lamar Jack. It has more to do with him being from there and the money that they are pay him. I mean, in 2018, after Purdue beat Ohio State that year, Louisville came to try, tried to get Brown to leave, and that's when he signed his contract. So I think it was just a matter of time. Um, I think Purdue football is still going to be on the rise for. I think what Purdue did, which was smart, was. You had a very good year last year. You ranked for most of the season. What do you do? You go and spend money on your football program, and that gets more people in. No, no, no. But I'm saying, I'm saying, if you do something after a good year, what IU did was they had a good year. Granted, it was a COVID year, but they had a good year. You ranked top ten at one point, and then out of nowhere, you just don't put any money into it. Yeah, they just kind of Purdue's pumping. Purdue athletics are. Because they're building their whole new athletic facility and change, and redoing the Ross Aid, too. So their whole stadium and facility is just... Purdue sports are all going to be on the up. Ross Aid is a nice stadium. It's going to be nicer now. You should, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures. They've torn out the whole um, student section side of Ross Aid. It's all now hmm. for upgrades and renovations. Can't wait to get back there. For a Friday night game, I think, is when they... Return to action this fall. All right. The first game of the divisional round is Jags versus G- Chiefs. The 15th meeting between these two sides. The Jags have won six times, and the Chiefs have won the last six meetings between these two teams. Um, what about the other three? Yes. Other three? Um, I know. I think the Jags have won one, and the Chiefs have won two, but last six meetings have been to the Chiefs. But Good to hear. Yep. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Chiefs. I mean, I don't see any reason the Jags win this game. I'm with you on that. They're going to Arrowhead. I don't see them winning on the road. Yeah. Um, okay. So that, Especially with how bad their uh, Bengals quarterback played last week. No, next game is Giants versus Eagles. Uh, the NFL has also made a mistake by putting the Eagles to have a Saturday night game against the Giants. The last time they did this... Um, there was like record fights and stuff because now you're allowing Philly fans a whole day to drink. But um, that's just a side note. Uh, 170. What? Now you think if the game was any earlier, Philly fans wouldn't drink the whole day before and all night? Probably. Yeah, but they're going to do more. I don't think. Anyways, um, 179th meeting between the two teams. The Giants are 86, 90, and 2 overall record against the Eagles. I didn't take the time to do the math. For the Eagles record, because I don't care enough for that. It's the, just, it's ninety eighty six and two. Yes. Who's 
Um, I just did it right now. Anyways, um, he did the math. <laughs> hey, at least I looked up the numbers. Okay. Good job. Good job. Um, he's got us there. He's got us. Eli Manning said he's going to the game. He's expecting to see the birds come out. Um, double birds there. He said he had said that he wouldn't go to another uh, Giants versus Eagles games in Philadelphia in the playoffs, but he's doing it now. Um, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Um, don't allow Daniel Jones out of the pocket to run. That's what killed the Vikings, I think. In my opinion, um, the same thing if you're the Giants, though. The Giants uh, make Hurts beat you in the air, not his legs, and but limit the deep ball to A.J. Brown. What? I mean, you've hit everything on the head here, you know, for both teams. Uh, it just popped up on our screen, actually. Uh, Philly has a 7.5-point uh, favorites. My personal opinion, I think it's going to be a pretty close game uh, because, again, meeting. they're another third meeting. They know. Uh, Who do you have? You have the Eagles, Connor, because you're... I have the Eagles in the... Seals. Yeah, I have the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think um, I think this will start to show you how good the... I, I, before we even started, I said how good the NFC East is. You got three of the teams... Three out of the four teams in the divisional are from the NFC East. And with a game that we're going to talk about later, it's a strong possibility that it could be an NFC East uh, NFC championship game. So I don't, I think going into the year, everyone called them the NFC least. And now you're starting to see, you know, they've surprised a lot of people. Um, in case you like little facts, you know, the last meeting between these two teams in the playoffs was in 2008 between Donovan McNabb and Eli Manning where the Eagles won 26 no 23 to 16 2 and 2 is the all-time playoff series between those sides. Was that wait, what was the score? 23 to 16. No, that's not it. Shoot, that's an 8. Wasn't there wasn't there a game where Deshaun Jackson I wasn't in the playoffs so over Christmas. Okay, damn. That's what I thought. Um next game that was bad. <laughs> is on the next day. We got the morning or afternoon game depending on where you live. Bengals versus Bills, 31st meeting between these two teams. Um, yeah, I mean, two teams that I think underperformed in the first game in the wild card round. So I have the, I had the Bengals in my earlier prediction, and I'm going to go Bengals again. Why not? Um, I'll run with uh, the Who Day Nation there in Cincinnati. Who Day? Who Day? Who Day think going to beat them Bengals? The Bills. The Bills are going to win that game. It's in Buffalo. It's a rematch of the first quarter from a couple weeks ago. Um, since then, it had a lot of the momentum at that point before we all know what happened. Um, but changing the scene now, going to Orchard Park, I think Buffalo is going to get out with this one. Yeah, I think uh, Buffalo is going to win this one. But again, it's going to be a close game. Uh, since you've already like prepared a game previously and it wasn't that far away, both teams know what they're going up against. Um, I think it will be close, but again, Buffalo's got it. I think, I think this week you'll slowly start to see what home field advantage has for these teams, especially since most of the people that are playing at home have some crazy fan bases. I think the Bengals are going to have to protect uh, Burrow. They just lost um another offensive lineman in the last game, and, and they lost two. That two. 
one might play. I think the other one is basically out. Jonah Williams, I'm pretty sure, is like completely out. Um, Kappa is questionable. Yeah, you gotta defend that deep ball again from Josh Allen. Uh, and if you are Apple, you're not defending the deep ball from Josh Allen. Last game, put him on The last game, Dallas versus the 49ers, also will be the 31st meeting between these two sides. The last meeting was in 2020, where Dallas defeated the 49ers 41 to 33. I'm gonna go 49ers here. Well, I'm gonna go Dallas. What? Was the last time they played was be last year? Oh, last time they played in the playoffs. Wait, they played last year in the playoffs. And the 49ers won because they won. Was they playing the playoffs? Yeah, I could have said what was. No, they did. It's first half. So then I am wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. No. 49ers won because the red front it ran into Dak Prescott. That was really the time. I'm going to go Cowboys here. I said from the end, I'm going to go Cowboys here. I just think the veteran experience on Earth. Yeah, veteran experience in being in the playoffs. Um, and the whole team. The whole team just gives them. I'm just going Cowboys here. There, This is a very solid match. It literally comes down to quarterback play. Honestly, it does. Uh, I think uh, what people, I'm telling everyone this, they need to watch this matchup. A lot of people don't pay attention to defense and offensive line matchups, but Trent Williams versus Micah Parsons might be a fun matchup to watch. You got best left tackle in the league against one of the best pass rushers in the league. Well, you put Micah Parsons on the other side and run with it. That's what uh, J.J. Watt was known for is he went, Person to person, and then whoever was having a bad game. That's what I would do. Don't put Michael Parsons on Trent Williams, and you'll have no problem. Put some other. I mean, um. Because they've got Lawrence. Put Lawrence on Williams. Let him try to hash it out. Bring Yeah, and then. No one. McGlinchey isn't bad. I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I know my boy Mike, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been good, but he's not bad. Not bad. Um, but watch. I think. I think this one is going to... I think you're right. I think it's going to be another close game. I I think 49ers win, and I don't know why, but I just feel like they have too much firepower on offense. But again, if Purdy has a bad game, you take out three-fourths of their firepower. Take out George Kittle, you take out Debo, and you take out Brandon Ayuk, then... All you have left is Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think McCaffrey wins you that game. So you need, they have to have a passing game, but I think they, they will. I think uh, 49ers will win it. Uh, Dallas, in order to win this game, um, they're going to have to get to Brock Purdy, take away that momentum. Um, I think if you're – many people consider the Dallas Cowboys as the best uh, defense in the NFL, and – if you're going to win this game, that defense is going to have to play like the best defense in the NFL. And then if you're the 49ers, uh, get off to a bit of a faster start than you did against the Seahawks because it could come back to bite you uh, when you play a better team like the Cowboys. But I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to stick with them since I took them last week as well. Uh, Another top defense in the 49ers. Can't sleep on the 49ers defense. Think there are people that are probably going to say that Dallas are sleeping on the 49ers defense? No, I'm saying that he said that they're top defense. Uh, Dallas has the top defense. But I say some people think I don't think people think Dallas's defense is better than the 49ers. Doll, there's I'm gonna best one than getting turnovers. 
turnovers, but statistically, the 49ers defense has been better all year. Ranks first in all categories. I don't know who. No, I'm saying more. I'm saying more of I think um, a lot of people sleep on their defense because their offense is so good. Because the 49ers offense? Yeah, I think they have a little bit. Yeah. But again, 49. I think 49ers win because offense and defense both are better. Well, that's all we have for today's episode of the From the Rafters podcast. And um, we will see you all after the divisional round of the NFL. Uh, hopefully after see Philly going to the NFC Championship. If not, um, who knows if I'll be here next Tuesday. He'll be here. He'll be here. But anyways, thank you. I'm wearing a Packers sweatshirt tomorrow, next Monday. He'll be here next Tuesday. Been on it. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, we look forward to seeing you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of From the Rafters podcast. If you're not already, follow us on Twitter at From the Rafters for all updates and alerts you're not going to want to miss.